On this episode of the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kincer, Grizzlies reporter Christian Dudley joined the show to talk about all of the NBA trade deadline moves, the buyout market, and the Grizzlies' surprising success. This is the Ball Talk Pod Evan Kincer, starting now. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Ball Talk Pod. As always, this is your host, Evan Kincer, and today I'm joined by my Grizzlies expert, Christian Dudley. Christian, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So last time, Christian, we spoke a lot about the Grizzlies and their outlook of the season, and uh, we will get to that later on. But first off, you know, the NBA trade trade deadline just passed on Thursday, and there were a few big moves that were made, including the Grizzlies completing some of the biggest trades, including Andre Iguodala, who was a big part of the Grizzlies this year, uh, to the Heat for Justice Winslow. What were your thoughts on the Grizzlies' deadline moves? I love the trade. I mean, honestly, I was really prepared for uh, Andre to actually finish the season not playing anywhere. I figured that uh, the Grizzlies had taken their time, uh, done their due diligence, been looking all over the league for a trade that helped them. Not so much worried about sending Andre to a contender uh, like he had hoped. Um, and I really thought that it, since it was coming down to the wire that uh, they were honestly just going to, you know, let him stay at home for the rest of the season uh, because, you know, they already got some benefit from the Golden State Warriors back when they made a trade for him. Uh, but it was nice to see that they actually got valuable uh, players and not so much just bad expiring contracts in return. Uh, but especially because they got a young player in Justice Winslow, who I believe is 23. Uh, I mean, he, he's a really good player that actually fits the mold of what they need uh, there on the wing. Uh, he's a good two-way player, uh, still has untapped potential. Uh, main thing is just getting him healthy and getting him into uh, game shape as quickly as possible. The only thing that I really had a concern with was the loss of Jay Crowder. He was so huge to the team and had a game winner earlier in the year. Uh, he was a really big part of their playoff push, and I wonder if with Crowder out of the picture, uh, if the Grizzlies are going to hang on for that last spot because, you know, Justice Winslow has not played many games this year and still out. I think that they can still make the push when Winslow does come back, but for now it's going to be uh, pretty spare without Crowder on the wing. Yeah, for Jay Crowder, especially, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really watch uh, Grizzlies games. They just look at box scores and things. But Crowder was his value was really in the locker room. Yeah, uh, I mean he did provide a lot of toughness and strength on the court. Uh, but really he was a major shot chucker this year. Um, and a lot of times it was you know poor shot uh, poor shot selection out there, uh, chucking threes time after time. Uh, and it's kind of good that he's gone now because perhaps they're going to play more efficiently than when Crowder was out there uh, on the offensive end. Uh, but also that might actually give them more opportunities to look inside or at least give more looks, uh, which will help the development for some of these younger guys um, out there on the floor now. Well, I will be honest with you. I haven't watched many Grizzlies games this year because of the NBA blackout restrictions. It kills me. I just want to – I want to. we talked about it last time. I want to watch the Pacers and Grizzlies some, and I was luckily able to watch the Pacers last night for like the first time this year because they were on ESPN. But it's just crazy that I, I paid $200 for – uh, NBA League Pass, and I can't watch two of the local teams, but I can watch Cleveland, who's farther away than Memphis and Indiana. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I haven't watched many. Yeah, it kills me, too, for those Indiana Pacers games. Sometimes yeah. I want to watch something like Victor Oladipo's return, and then yeah. I can't 
because I live, you know, within two hours. Yeah, and I'm a really big Laker fan, so Grizzlies are the um, on a Western Conference, so they got them four times normally, and then I can't watch their games, right. so I miss about six games a year, and I hate missing it, so I have to listen to it on the radio. It just that's what frustrates me the most about NBA League Pass. I mean, normally it's awesome, but for that reason, it's right. just really frustrating. Um, and then also uh, traded Solomon Hill to the Heat. Uh, did he have much value on the team? I know he played a little bit. Does that loss hurt much? Well, I would say his biggest impact was earlier in the season when the Grizzlies played the Utah Jazz either the first or second time of, uh, of the schedule. Um, and actually, it was a few seconds on the clock. Utah Jazz ball. They go to inbounds directly to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan goes to pull up from about 30 feet uh, for a three-point shot. Solomon Hill may have gotten away with a foul. Uh, to me, it was a, a clean swipe, uh, but he swiped it away. Time expired. That was the game. Grizzlies got a clutch win, and that game might actually wind up being uh, the difference for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs later in the season. And you know, last year, whenever the Lakers were trying to trade for Davis, they thought Solomon Hill would have to be attached to any deal, and they thought that Hill didn't have much left in the tank. So I was just curious to see what you thought about him. Uh, and then another yeah, part of this. Uh, and actually, uh, he was an Indiana Pacer, too. Yeah. Of course, since I live so close to Pacers. You know, even though I'm more of a Grizzlies fan, I keep up with the Pacers about just as much. Uh, and Solomon Hill, I've seen him develop and watching him several years in Indiana. It was like, man, this guy's mostly defensive. Uh, now, he's a, he's a decent vet. He's not going to be a star or anything like that. Uh, of course, he didn't last very long up there in Indy. Uh, but he finally found his way, especially with, like, the New Orleans Pelicans. And he was just, uh, I mean, he was basically the same as what he was there, um, a good vet, um, a good mentor in the locker room. Uh, he's a decent-sized body there. He's a small forward, can probably play in multiple positions. Uh, but mostly, you know, he's going to be solid on defense. Can't really go wrong with giving him minutes. Um, and really played uh, pretty similarly to Jay Crowder. A lot of times those two guys were interchangeable for us, which was nice. Yeah, and you got to have those guys in the NBA if you want to win in the game. So I think that their wing depth for the Grizzlies, I think that was a big part of uh, their push for the playoffs. And another interesting part of this deal, I know they're talking about Deion Waiters probably being bought out, but acquiring Gorgie Dang, I, I know you like Louisville, so I, I'd say you're really excited about that deal. But the way that they're able to flip James Johnson uh, for Gorgie Dang was I think that was a home run play for the Grizzlies. I think that he will really help. This year, uh, he's a four spacer. Though he, I think you posted a picture the other day about his shot chart from the last few years. But he can really space the floor now, and I think that's a really good get for the Grizzlies. Absolutely, and uh, and you know what's funny is that um, a lot of Grizzlies fans were ecstatic about the trade, not just because of Justice Winslow, but because of James Johnson, because he actually had played for the Grizzlies a yeah. few years ago back during the grit and grind era. Uh, they even had a tattoo night where they gave out these uh, Grizzlies neck tattoos that say Grizzlies <laughs> on it to kind of match the one that James Johnson uh, is famous for on his own neck. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so a lot of people were, you know, pretty excited about getting him back. And then moments later, he was traded for Gordy Jang. And I thought, oh, man, you know, somebody as good and as classy uh, and as humble as Gordy Jang uh, is going to come here to Memphis, and people are already not going to be a fan because they had this potential fan favorite returning, and then he wasn't coming. Yeah. But uh, so far, it looks like all positive vibes on social media from uh, the Grizz Nation fan base. 
I think Gorgie Jane will be great for the Grizzlies because now they've got a true backup center uh, and a solid one at that. I mean, he can start. He can be a reserve. Um, even if he doesn't play, I mean, you won't hear anything negative out of him. He's a guy that, you know, he's a true professional, comes in, he stays ready. Uh, but, you know, if he plays big minutes, he's a nightly double-double. And here lately, he's even been close to some triple-doubles um, during that Carl Anthony Towns absence up there in Minnesota. Uh, so I'm pretty happy about him actually um, being with the Grizzlies now and not just because he's a former Louisville Cardinal. Yeah. I, I like that deal also because he does a lot of the same stuff that Jonas Valanciunas does. You know, Jonas will shoot that 15, 17-footer quite a bit and also get in the paint and do the dirty work. So that's especially what Gorgie Dang does. I would say that Dang's a little bit better of a shot blocker. Uh, I don't know if Jonas has been a lot better this year or not, but Gorgie has uh, historically been a pretty good shot blocker. Uh, so I'm kind yeah. of I'm pretty excited about that for the Grizzlies. I think when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, they lose uh, Hill and Crowder, two of their wing depth. But then Winslow coming back. Uh, and then uh, Gorgie Dang. And then there's another deal uh, we haven't talked about yet, but they uh, switched Bruno Caboclo to the Rockets uh, for Jordan Bell after he was traded from the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Uh, I like that deal. Uh, Jordan Bell is another uh, post player, uh, but he can do a lot of things on the court. Uh, a lot of Warriors fans were absolutely loving him. Uh, and I, I just really like that deal for the uh, Grizzlies. What do you think about Jordan Bell coming in? I was really surprised that the Grizzlies were able to get Jordan Bell uh, for two reasons. One being that the Houston Rockets, they just got Jordan Bell from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I figured that, yeah, you know, Houston needs size right now in the front court, yeah. even though Jordan Bell's not your typical center. Uh, I mean, he's about the, I would say, the, probably the uh, tallest player the Houston Rockets would have had on the roster right now after getting rid of Clint Capella. Uh, so I thought, you know, he's got talent. Uh, got some untapped potential, got size. There's no way Houston would trade him. The next thing you know, the Grizzlies, uh, their mastermind of a front office, winds up getting him for Bruno Caboclo. And Bruno has hardly played this year. And, uh, and I figured it was going to be the end of the road uh, for Bruno pretty soon because uh, even when the Grizzlies have had opportunities to play him, whether it's an injury or something like that, uh, they've just decided to keep him on the bench. And then here lately he's been out with just uh, left knee soreness. Um uh, and kind of, it's kind of seems suspect because, um, you know, he doesn't really uh, look like anything's bothering him in like lineup or uh, workup or workout lineups and stuff like that, like the layup lines or whatever. Um, I thought, man, I, there might be something going on there. And then next thing you know, he's traded, um, which I can see why the Grizzlies actually uh, kept him past his guaranteed date. Um, a few weeks ago, he actually had a date he had to surpass in order to have his contract guaranteed for the rest of the season. Um, but it all makes sense now because they were believers that um, he still had a little bit of potential that other teams might be interested in. And, of course, he's a cheap contract and somebody's taking a waiver on him. Uh, but I still can't believe that the Grizzlies front office was able to get Jordan Bell, um, who is a fantastic player even today, um, even though he's not with the Golden State Warriors anymore. Um, and he was pretty decent up there in Minnesota as well. Um, of course, he'd probably be a little bit better had uh, that whole roster been glued together more. Maybe some better coaching up there too. Um, but I'm, you know, pretty happy with Jordan Bell being in Memphis now, and that's another great young piece for this young core down there in the 901. Yeah, and Jordan Bell, he's not going to fill the box sheet or nothing. He's that that's not the kind of player he is. He's a tough player. He kind of uh, like Draymond Green 
Um, and I, I like that uh, Bell was able to be under Draymond for a few years to learn more about the toughness and stuff that I think Bell really brought to the NBA out of Oregon. Um, but he just gonna, uh, he's just going to win. I mean, uh, a good thing about Bell is that he's, like, I think he's around 6'8". So he's not very big, but he's a post player. But he can switch one through five pretty well, and that's a really big asset in the NBA. Uh, can rebound. Uh, he'll dive on every loose ball. So I just – he's actually a really smart player too. So uh, I'm really excited for that for the Grizzlies. Um, and, Evan, I'm going to stop it right there. There's uh, one key thing you said is the winning factor. And if you look at all the players that the Memphis Grizzlies have right now, um, winning is a big part of that. You look at the culture that they're trying to build. I mean, obviously they're winning right now. They're uh, their eighth spot in the West. Uh, but it really shouldn't be that big of a surprise whenever you look at all these players' backgrounds. Like, now the Grizzlies have three players off that 2015 Duke National Championship team with Grayson Allen, uh, Tyus Jones, and Justice Winslow. And then you got Dylan Brooks, and now you got Jordan Bell, who were teammates at Oregon that caused a lot of uh, March madness <laughs> yeah. a few years ago in the tournament. Uh, then you got Gordon D. Jane coming in. He was a 2013 national champion at UofL. I mean, the list goes on. You even got Jaron Jackson Jr., who was coached by Tom Izzo up there at Michigan State. Um, there's a lot of these guys um, on the roster now that um, they just come from winning backgrounds, and they're hard workers, they're dedicated, um, they're good players on and off the court. Um, you just really like to see that culture with a young team down there in Memphis. All right, now we're going to transition into the D'Angelo-Russell deal. Uh, the Warriors traded D'Angelo, Amari Spellman, and Jacob Evans to the Timberwolves for Andrew Wiggins, a top three protected pick in 2021, and then a second-round pick. Uh, my thoughts instantly on this deal, um, good job for the Timberwolves. I thought that was a really good deal for the Timberwolves, but I really am surprised that the Warriors gave up Spellman and Evans. I mean, Spellman has been really good this year for the Warriors. And Jacob Evans has had moments. Uh, I thought that Spellman would be uh, in their plans for the foreseeable future. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me that they gave up D'Angelo. That, that's not the biggest thing because I knew he was probably going to be traded. I might have waited until the summer to, to gauge that market and try and get a pick or something. Um, but Wiggins, I mean, he's not going to he's not going to average 24 points again with the Warriors. He's just not going to do that. Uh, and I, a lot of people have uh, referenced Harrison Barnes for what Wiggins can provide for the Warriors. Um, but basically that means he's going to stay in the corner uh, and going to attack the baseline. <laughs> so, uh, but really, I just don't understand why the Warriors gave up Amari Spellman. So just for that reason, I'm going to say the Warriors lost the deal, though a lot of people think that, um, well, a lot of people paint the Warriors. So. But I just that's that the main reason, not because of Wiggins coming back. It's because of Amari Spellman leaving the team. And no, he's not the top caliber player. He's not a one or two pick like Wiggins and D'Angelo, but he was a guy that I really thought that they developed well and would be a really big part of their future. Yeah, I was really surprised that they actually went through with the trade. They got Andrew Wiggins because a few days before the deadline, it seemed like uh, everything for the D'Angelo Russell deal was kind of dead with the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and I was always surprised that things heated up there at the end and that all of a sudden they're okay with taking on that Wiggins contract. If you ask me, Andrew Wiggins had about the worst contract after that extension he signed, um, right up there with John Wall, yeah. which isn't even playing this season. Um, so I'm really surprised. And to me, that only means that uh, it's probably closer to the demise of Clay Thompson and or Draymond Green out there 
um, in Golden State because that's a whole lot of money that you're putting into, of course, Curry. Um, but then you've got Andrew Wiggins now, and then Draymond, of course, is going to want to keep getting big money. And then you got Clay Thompson too. Um, I think honestly, Clay's probably the next one to go, um, especially if you consider the roles that Thompson and Wiggins play. Um, kind of the same player with Clay being much more efficient. Well, I mean, if if the Warriors do want to trade Thompson, I think the Lakers would gladly take him. Uh, just put it, throw in Danny Green and a couple other contracts, so we can make a deal. Um, but I just think that the Warriors here, um, it's going to be hard to flip that Wiggins contract. I mean, you said it's one of the worst contracts in the league. I completely agree with that. It's it's just going to be so hard. I don't think the Timberwolves would be able to get out of it. And then they get some assets back, uh, D'Angelo and two young players. I think the Timberwolves got a home run here. Um, but oh yeah, Timberwolves are Timberwolves are looking great after that. I know the you know we can almost hear that sigh of relief still a few days later. <laughs> yeah. I think the big part of it, though, is that uh, they don't have to worry about Carl Anthony Towns leaving anytime soon because uh, I know he was really upset that he didn't have much help. Uh, now he gets one of his best friends in D'Angelo, so I think that keeps him happy for the foreseeable future. And I think next year, though, I don't know. Uh, they got to have to do some moves in the summer. They don't have the pieces right now, but I think with D'Angelo and Towns at the forefront of it, I think that they can really make some deals and uh, entice some players to come out there and join them. Uh we say this every year, but look for the uh, Timberwolves maybe a seek into the playoffs next year. I think that would be really interesting in seeing the former number one, number two pick combo together. I think that'd be really cool. Um, now we're going to go into the Marcus Morris deal. Uh, you know, the Lakers really trying to get him. Uh, was a Clippers target in the summer. Um, but the former Knicks forward was headed to the Clippers. Uh, after some reports are coming out that the Lakers uh, declined a deal that I don't – well, the Knicks declined this deal. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. I don't know if I buy it or not, but uh, saying the Knicks declined Kuzma and Green, uh, but the Knicks offered the Lakers Morris for DeMarcus, Bradley, and Kuzma with a second-round pick. Um, obviously, I would have 100% took the, the second deal that the Knicks offered. Um Including Bradley and Demarcus, I mean, that that's a no-brainer for the Lakers, I believe, because um, you know Bradley, he's been really really good this year uh, in the last couple of games. He's not been great for the entire year, but his three-point shooting has been gone up. It was saying that um, West uh, Westbrook and an Avery Bradley three-pointer were two of the worst shots in the NBA, but now Bradley's hovering up around 33% after some hot shooting the last few games. So. Uh, and he's played some good defense this year uh, on occasion. I think we talked about it earlier whenever uh, Bradley did sign with the Lakers. A lot of it's just reputation now. Uh, he just gets under players' skin. And I, I, that is, there's definitely a role for that in the NBA. But um, just individual one-on-one matchups, he does tend to get cooked quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bradley and Rondo have been the Lakers' two biggest uh, weaknesses this year. So, uh, getting rid of that, and then Boogie's probably not coming back this year, though there's some optimism that he might. And then acquiring Morris, I think that would just be a good deal. Um, and Kuzma, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Some night you can get 30 points, some night you're going to get a goose egg. So, I don't know. It's just, I kind of find that hard to believe. But if that's true, that would be a big deal uh, with Laker fans. They'd probably be pretty upset about that. Um, but this deal that did go down, uh, the Knicks received Maurice Harkless, who is a buyout candidate that we will talk about later. Uh, the Clippers' 20, uh, 
21st round pick, uh, a 23 second round pick. They have the right to swap picks in 21, I believe, and then got some draft rights. Uh, and then the Wizards, this is a three-team deal, uh, received Jerome Robinson, which I think that was a very good pickup by the Wizards, by the way. And then the Clippers received uh, Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas, and then Isaiah was waived. Um, Christian, what did you think about this deal, and what are your takeaways? Well, one of my biggest takeaways is I was really surprised that Isaiah Thomas was cut at the end of the deal yeah. because I think the Clippers could use a little bit more, um, not so much veteran presence, but at least some point guard work. And IT's healthy. He's you know been playing uh, most of the season up there in Washington. Um, I was really surprised that they wound up just kind of cutting him. I mean, a former all-star, I mean, he might not be as great as what he used to be a few years ago, but still, I mean, he's better than, you know, your uh, G League call-up or uh, your two-way or a player out there. Um, he'd be nice to just on the bench. I mean, he's got a pretty decent contract right now to actually survive with. So um, I'm really surprised that they cut him. Um, and I guess that the Clippers think that they've got Darren Carlson coming their way. Certain, although I think he's probably headed to the Lakers. Quite I hope quickly. so. <laughs> uh, but it's going to look even worse on the Clippers if um, they do not get Darren Collison and then they already let Isaiah Thomas, you know, off the chain. So I was really surprised by that. But I think Marcus Morris will be a good player for them. I'm not really a Marcus Morris fan, um, but he does add uh, quite a few dimensions to the team, uh, offensively, of course. But he is a decent defender. Uh, he's kind of like a guy with like Jay Crowder, like we talked about earlier, uh, provides toughness. He is a uh, veteran leader um, out there on the floor. He can help rally the troops, especially in close games, playoff games even. Uh, so it is another nice piece. And I think he fits the mold with uh, like the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jermichael Green, Montrez Harrell, uh, kind of one of those guys that, you know, you don't want to get into an argument with. So. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably win them a couple games in the playoffs just off the uh, strength and toughness factor alone. Adds more depth, too, especially if uh, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard decide to take load management anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what about this, but um, and we will talk about the uh, Darren Carlson and Clippers and Lakers news, but just throw a name out there real quick. Reggie Jackson was talked about maybe being a buyout candidate, so whichever team that uh, doesn't get Carlson, I think that will get – uh, bullet pretty quickly, but um, on this deal, yeah, when you talked about the Clippers, I was shocked at first too, but it does make sense thinking back at it, but Isaiah Thomas has shot 41% from three this year, which I think that is a really big deal, uh, has been really well with the Wizards, I saw one of his first games with the Wizards earlier this year when they played the Timberwolves, uh, and Isaiah was just awesome, I love seeing him out there, um, but you know, he's not been... I don't think he's been a negative for the team this year. But I haven't watched a ton of Wizards games because, you know, not much fun in that this year. But um, <laughs> I think Isaiah would have been a decent piece. Uh, but the only thing that you're really concerned about is defense in the playoffs. And that's what the Scoopers team's built for. They're not built for regular season numbers. They're built for the regular season, I mean the postseason. So I think a guy like Reggie Jackson or Darren Carlson would uh, fit them much better because they're on a defensive liability like Isaiah. Uh, but, you know, the Rockets do need a center, so Isaiah Thomas might be headed that way. Uh, I really like the deal for the Wizards. Talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, traded Basically traded Isaiah Thomas for Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson, uh, 2018 lottery pick. Uh, he showed some potential so far. 
I just like it for the Wizards. They're not they're not in any position to win right now, but being able to switch that deal with Isaiah probably not in their long term plans. I just like that to get a young asset uh, that can develop into a player that can help Wall and Beal in the future. Uh, for the Knicks, um, they got some good value. Um, I like the 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 twenty first round picks not going to be very good, but it'll be in the twenty four to thirty range, which is well probably twenty four to twenty eight range. So it's not a terrible pick. Uh, it's just another asset they can have if they do decide to make a trade, which would be kind of silly at this point. Uh, they do have another asset, and then they can have the right to swap picks in 21, which is... And I don't see any universe where the Knicks have a better uh, record than the Clippers, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. Um, and then the draft rights, I think... I don't know who it came from. I think it was the Clippers' Wizards draft rights, so... Uh, I heard the Wizards were really liking that player uh, that they received the rights to. So, uh, this is an interesting deal. Uh, I do think that my hot take on this, I tweeted this the other day. Um, last year, this is for the Lakers' side, um, but last year, Kuzma averaged 19 points a game. Morris is averaging 19 a game this year. Um, it's just a lot about opportunities with Morris. I mean, he was never a 19-point-per-game score with the Celtics. Never with the Suns, so I mean, you really have to look at it like that. I think a lot of it was opportunity. He's not going to average 19 with the Clippers. He just not. They have uh, Montrose Harrell, who's a beast and puts up a lot of numbers. Lou Williams off the bench, and then that starting lineup. He's not taking points away from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George either. So, I honestly think it's going to be a situation um, where how kind of how Kuzma is this year. He's even around 12 points a game. Doesn't really know what they want him to do yet, but whenever they call upon him. And he's the main shot creator. He's going to put up some numbers. So, um, for Laker fans, I'm not really tore up about this deal, um, and I don't think many Laker fans should be either. Because if you do think about it, though, it is a lot about role. Uh, many players, many decent role players, could put up 19 on the Knicks this year. Uh, but the 44% from three was also a point that uh, I think that enticed a lot of teams. Do you have anything else on the on this deal? Yeah, with that Marcus Morris deal, it's pretty much just a move to really help the Clippers, um, you know, in their playoff chances here in a couple months. Um, we'll see how far it gets them. Um, it's going to be a really tight race there in the Western Conference anyway. So really, um, every single player that each team has been, you know, adding to their roster, that's going to be huge uh, in giving that other team a step forward. That's why I'm kind of surprised the Lakers didn't do much of anything, uh, just because. They had some opportunities, especially like moving Kyle Kuzma, who had a dud of a game last night uh, post-deadline. Um, and, you know, maybe if they would have moved Kuzma for one other guy, kind of like a Marcus Morris, then maybe that would have given the Lakers the edge. So um, you got to like it for the Clippers, um, unless you're a Lakers fan. But, um, you know, time will tell to see how beneficial that one was. Um, as far as, and as far as the Wizards and the Knicks, um, both those teams are just getting more players that they can build on in the future, especially in seasons that are definitely lost uh, for this year. Um, but basically at this point, it's just all about adding picks, young players, and then developing them over the next couple months heading into summer league and then the next season. Okay, now we're going to talk about the Andre Drummond to the Cavs deal. Uh, you and me spoke a little bit about this yesterday. Um, but in this deal, the Cavs received Andre Drummond uh, and then traded to the Pistons, John Henson, Brandon Knott, and a second-round pick. Um, 
some news on this, uh, reporting that Andre Drummond is ex- expected to accept the player option for next year. So um, that's pretty interesting for Cavs fans. Um, and then Kobe Altman spoke yesterday about it, and he said he just wanted to keep the team competitive and uh, wants to uh, teach the young guys about winning. He said they're okay with that. So um, I like that deal for the Cavs. Um, really didn't give up much at all. Um, so this is – and I, I'm pretty sure the second-round pick is, isn't is very good at all. It's it's There's some protections on it that make it basically – it's not even a pick. Um, so, and Kobe Altman also said that this is an opportunity that they couldn't pass up um, and that this is a long-term play. So uh, what are your thoughts on this deal and the potential love and drumming back uh, front court? I tell you, if there was a trade that I didn't like uh, at the deadline, it was this one uh, because, I mean, even though I'm not even close to being a Pistons fan or supporter, I'm like, you've got a nightly 2020 guy. I believe he's actually the leading rebounder by a large margin this year. Yeah, he is. Uh, and Andre Drummond. And then he gets shipped off to Cleveland. That's fine. But the Pistons got nothing in return. Uh, I've seen a few Pistons fans on social media just complaining and going off uh, because their front office didn't really get anything for Drummond. You know, he's been in tr- uh, trade deadline talks for probably a year or two. I mean, I think everybody on the Pistons roster over the past couple seasons has been in trade discussions. We're up there with, like, Reggie Jackson that we just talked about. Um, but it's just crazy that they got so little in return. Um, and I understand it. They just wanted to cleanse their hands of drumming. They're rebuilding. They want to start over. Blake Griffin's already out for the season. So, uh, you know, it's time to blow it up, basically, because they're already having trouble even making a, uh, a playoff spot. So someone's got to give. Um but I think it was a terrible job by the front office. I mean, surely they could have gotten some other type of better package, at least with future picks out there. I mean, if you look over the past several years uh, with different players that were moved, like you look at Paul George, um, let's see, Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, et cetera, some of these big blockbuster trades that there's been. I mean, there's been a lot of draft pick compensation going on. Yeah. Uh, even if you take on a bad contract or whatever, just like, um, the Pistons did in order to move Drummond's contract. Um, at least there's some draft pick compensation, so that way you got something to look forward to. And like you said, the Pistons probably won't even be keeping this pick because of the protections on it. Yeah. And all they got was just some bad salary to run out the next uh, or the end of this season and maybe next season too. Uh, but now it's just rebuilding, and you really didn't get a lot for a guy that uh, he might not be your traditional. Uh, well, I guess he is your traditional center, but. Uh, he's not more of a like a stretch player, but still, I mean, there's so many teams out there that would love to have a 20 rebound guy. Um, I'm pretty impressed with Drummond, even though he doesn't have much of a three point shot or even a mid range jumper. Uh, I mean, that's still a guy that I think is um, one of the best in the league, just because of how physical he is. Um, he's not afraid to get rebounds. You know, he's not afraid to talk smack to guys like Joel Embiid, also. Um, I'm just really dumbfounded why the Pistons didn't get a better package than that. Um, surely they could have got something better from pretty much all 28 other teams out there than what they got from Cleveland. Um, but, you know, good for the Cavaliers, although they have an interesting front court right now with Tristan Thompson, uh, Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr., and now Andre Drummond. Uh, but that's a lot of good assets that they've got on their team there. And they can just kind of play out the rest of the season see where they wind up with wins, but also assess uh, who's the best fit and who they need to keep and who 
they need to let go of heading into the next season. And I, I am excited to watch him on League Pass for the rest of the year. Uh, I like this uh, for the Cavs because, you know, they got those young guys in Garland and Sexton. Um, and he'll be able to get the rebounds. He'll give them more opportunities. Um, you know, Thompson is a good rebounder, but he's he's no uh, Andre Drummond. But uh, I think Love and Drummond is definitely the best rebounding front court in the league right now. Uh, those two guys uh, both led the league in rebounds uh, several times. So I think it's really interesting, though. Love is not really a rebounder much anymore. Uh, it's still going to be pretty interesting to see. Um, one more major trade um, from the deadline. Uh, Robert Covington to the Rockets. Um, Houston essentially traded Gerald Green, Capella, and Ane, uh, and then for Covington and Caboclo, where Bell was flipped. Um, just real quick, uh, this deal also included Minnesota and Den- Denver, uh, but it was a lot of smaller pieces, a little bit uh, just cap maneuvering, and this is a 12-player deal. Um, I like this move for the Rockets. Um in some part, I know they got killed by the Suns last night, but um, I like Robert Covington. Um, it kind of hurts that they lost Green and Capella, and Nene didn't really have a part of the team this year, uh, but that's what they wanted to do. Uh, they wanted to get Capella off so they could do the small ball lineup consistently. So, I mean, it's what they want. It's going to be interesting. It's not going to be uh, something that we've seen very often the last 20, 30 years in the NBA. Uh, but if it works, good for them. But um, it's just going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I do like uh, Robert Covington down there in Houston. Uh, there's a positive with all the shifting and shaking that they did uh, leading up to the deadline. Uh, it was getting Covington. Uh, that's a player that there were a lot of teams interested in. Uh, he's actually found a really nice spot up there in Minnesota and was actually really productive. I think he had a couple games already this season of uh, around five or six steals uh, in individual games. Uh, plus, he can shoot the three. He's physical. Uh, he's actually got good size for being a wing player, too. Uh, can play multiple positions. So that'll be a good player for Houston. But they gave up so much, especially there in the front court as far as size uh, and rebounding is concerned, that uh, I still don't think by having, uh, adding Covington that that's really going to uh, boost them a whole lot. I think even by getting a key piece in Covington that um, they're still a little bit less than where they were. Um, and that's definitely not the right direction for that roster. Um, I don't think that it opens up more of an opportunity uh, to make plays from a Westbrook or Harden aspect too. Um, I would think that Rockets management would want to try to help those guys out, get them more options to pass to, especially in the paint. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that. They did get another shooter in Covington, but uh, but still, you know, that you need that inside presence, especially whenever you go up against teams such as maybe uh, the Clippers, the Lakers, et cetera. Um, right now, they still don't have a whole lot of size options. And they do still have Tyson Chandler, though, but he's he's not a guy that you can consistently count on because of his age right. now. And Laker fans, <laughs> yeah, Laker fans know about that last year. But when he does play, he can be effective. So I think that would be probably their best bet to wait on the him for the – Playoffs, see if they need if they match up with the Lakers, probably gonna need that. But with um, if you just throw uh, Tyson Chandler in there against Javel McGee, I think he'll be fine. So, um, but then we're gonna talk about a little bit about the buyout market real quickly. Um, some moves that might be happening that I like. 
Uh, Marvin Williams went to the Bucks last night after a bite with the Hornets. I like that move for the Bucks. Don't know how much Marvin Williams is going to play a factor into them this year. Um, he's still a good player. He can shoot the ball, the long ball. As a veteran, can still play defense pretty well. So I like this move for the Bucks. I talked about earlier. Uh, Lakers are really wanting Darren Carlson, but the Clippers are in there as well. Uh, you saw Darren Carlson at a Laker game the other night, so I'm hoping that Lakers are his favorite, and they said that he'll decide this week. Um, but another interesting option on that is that whoever doesn't get Darren Carlson. Reggie Jackson can be bought out by the uh, Pistons, and he had a 28-point night last night, so I think that would be a good option for either team, uh, though a lot of Pistons fans aren't his biggest fan. Uh, and then some also also guys that could be on the market, Maurice Harkless. Um, Deion Waiters looking like the Grizzlies are going to buy him out. Uh, would be an interesting option for a few teams, though I don't know what you're really wanting in him. Um, and then J.R. Smith working out for the Lakers this week. Uh, saw some videos, but, you know, you can't really take much from a video. Um, but he looks like he's in decent basketball shape. And then something that I just brainstormed a little bit, not sure if the Rockets have any interest in this, but I kind of like Kenneth Fareed to the Rockets. Uh, he was with a team last year. A 6'8", can switch stuff. Uh, he's not a guard, but he can shoot the long ball pretty well. Did that last year with the Rockets, so... Kind of like that uh, move if the Rockets go that route. Uh, just real quickly, what do you think about the buyout market? Well, I was really surprised by Marvin Williams getting that uh, release from the uh, Charlotte Hornets yesterday. Um, and then sign with the Bucks. I mean, that's a huge get uh, for them. Because like you said, who knows how much he'll actually uh, play this year. But say if they get some injuries or something like that, uh, I mean, that's a fantastic option to go to. Uh, he's always been a Grizz killer uh, from three-point land. So, and I know uh, Kimba Walker uh, in his post-game interview last night when he found out that Marvin Williams went to the Bucks, uh, he just walked off stage. He was uh, kind of like, "Oh man, you know what? That was a that's a hard hit to take whenever you're trying to beat the Bucks." And of course, that's his former teammate there with the Hornets. Yeah. Uh, but also uh, Reggie Jackson, I did see the report about how he might enter the uh, the buyout market. Uh, however, it's still up in the air, and he might actually decide to keep on playing. And I think if he keeps having these opportunities with the green light, he might just want to stay up there in Detroit. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there, although I think he's more suited and a lot more efficient of a player uh, when used in smaller quantities instead of just giving the green light. I think that's why it's kind of uh, tarnished his name up there in Detroit because uh, they've tried to use him so much, and he hadn't been as efficient as when he made his original name for himself uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and back then, I mean, he was a total Grizz killer. Uh, he won lots of playoff games for the Thunder, especially even over the Grizzlies. Um, so that's where I was really uh, glad to see him leave the Western Conference. Um, so I think if he goes back to, say, the Clippers, uh, rejoins the Western Conference, um, my team will not like seeing that. <laughs> Uh, because he's that former Grizz killer. Uh, but overall, I uh, haven't seen a whole lot of uh, other names out there. I mean, I, really that Marvin Williams uh, name, that really surprised me. But I know he's definitely glad to get out of that situation with the Hornets always um, seemingly underachieving um, out there in Charlotte. So it's good to see him actually get off the roster, get a new situation. Uh, we'll see if that winds up winning any playoff games for the Milwaukee Bucks on down the road.
And just real quickly, got a couple minutes left. Uh, the Grizzlies have uh, far exceeded expectations this year. John Moran has been so exciting, and I've loved watching him in the few games I've been able to watch due to NBA League Pass. Um, what do you think about the Grizzlies' playoff push, and did you think that there was a possibility coming into the season? I definitely did not. I mean, I was telling people, like, oh, there's no way they're only winning 25 games this season. I thought, you know, maybe 30, 35 yeah. games max. Uh, but, you know, I was uh, thinking about it, like, man, it might be five years and no playoff appearances. Uh, of course, I became a Grizzly uh, right there as Pal- or a Grizzlies fan. Whenever Pau Gasol was starting to leave, they traded for Mark. Uh, that's where I really, uh, you know, got real deep into my fandom with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, but I tell you, it's just crazy that they're doing so well this season, and that front office has been so amazing because especially, you know, everybody that if they don't make the, the playoffs, they think that their team's GM is just an idiot. Why didn't you do this deal, that deal? Why aren't you being more persistent to get star players, things like that? Uh, I mean, every team's probably been through that. But I swear that Chris Wallace was probably the worst GM that you can find um, anywhere. And it's funny that I mentioned that because I saw yesterday that the New York Knicks are actually trying to bring Chris Wallace aboard inside of their front office. So I figured, well, it makes sense that pretty much validates that he was an awful <laughs> GM. <laughs> uh, but it, I tell you, this current front office that the Grizzlies have, which um, – you know, it's actually ran by multiple people there. Uh, they got Zach Kleiman. Uh, he's the main guy pressing the, you know, the button or pulling the trigger on all these deals. But they've also got uh, Rich Cho and then uh, another guy that actually came from the Knicks. Uh, they've got all three of those guys kind of spearheading all these deals and decision-making and all that stuff. Um, and really, you can't find a bad deal that they've had ever since uh, that change happened uh, at the – end of this past season. Now, they got max value for Mark Gasol. They got max value for uh, Mike Conley. Um, I mean, they've had good free agent signings. They've had good trades. Uh, and now here they are. They even wound up getting Andre Iguodala. They flipped him off for even more valuable pieces. Um, plus, they wound up at the trade deadline uh, giving up a lot of their cap space that they had for next season. Of course, Gorgie James making over $17 million next year. Uh, some of these other guys are pretty pricey. Uh, but the key thing behind it is that for uh, 2021, um, that summer, they will have a lot of open salary to spend on the free agent market. Yep. And it's nice that they're starting to use up salary for this summer because the free agent class is looking pretty weak. Yep. Um, so they're getting valuable players uh, that they you know, might miss out on that type of caliber player uh, due to their market size. Um, later this summer, and they're already getting them in trade, and they, and it looks like they're going to be pretty competitive even next year, uh, whether they actually make the playoffs this year um, or not. So it's just really promising for the Grizzlies, especially because you trade away uh, guys like Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, who are so consistent. They always guaranteed wins for the city because of how great they were. Uh, but now you've got an exciting core, and it's kind of made a lot of people start to forget. Uh, about that grit and grind era. You know, Zach Randolph and those guys, they're really special. But now you got all these high flyers, three-point shooters, uh, highlight makers. I mean, it's just a territory that the Memphis Grizzlies have really never had. Um, it's kind of like that's the potential that the fan base wanted to see from guys like Stromile Swift, uh, Bonzi Wells, Jason Williams, 
uh, into young Pau Gasol uh, years ago when they first arrived in Memphis and started playing their first games are at the famous Pyramid downtown. Uh, it's that type of excitement, except there's actually wins coming behind it too, which is just phenomenal. And I'm really rooting for the Grizzlies this year. Uh, a little bit selfishly, though, I want to see the Lakers and Grizzlies in the first round so I can make the drive to Memphis and see the Lakers in the playoffs. So uh, that is the reason, main reason why I'm rooting for them, but they're also a really interesting ball club this year. Well, Christian, I just thank you so much for coming on again. We had you on a few months ago, and it was really awesome to talk to you. Um, so just thank you so much. I uh, really appreciated you coming on. Um, so thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks for having me, Evan. Thank you for listening. Check out all my shows on BallTalkPod.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all social media outlets.